When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Who is the most likely to make the Pro Bowl for the Browns this season? And who is the most likely to cause drama for the Browns in 2020? We're going to try to answer those questions and some other off-season superlatives today on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Scott Patsko, and I'm joined by Mary Kay Cabot. How you doing, Mary Kay? I'm doing great, Scott. How you doing? Good. Were you voted most likely to, to do anything specifically when you graduated high school? No, I don't think. I don't think I was. I certainly, when I graduated high school, was not voted most likely to cover the Cleveland Browns. I can assure there you. you. <laughs> I was looking back through my old yearbook uh, when we decided to do this <clears throat> to see what that page was like. And we, we actually had a category, most likely to become bald, which I did not win. I was not a contender for at that time. I actually had, it was 88. So, you know, there was a, a, a sort of a mullet going on at that point like every other kid in the high school, but uh, yeah, I did not win it. We actually had a category most likely to become indicted by a grand jury. Wow. Did you win that one? Which I did not win that one. No. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that the people who did have not become indicted by a grand jury. At least I think I would have heard about that at this point, but yeah. But the kids who were most uh, voted most likely to succeed, I know one's a college professor, so that turned out. How about you? You were voted most likely to do what? Uh, absolutely nothing. I was not on that page. Uh, yeah, if they'd had most likely to think he was going to play professional soccer at some point, I probably would have been uh, been voted there. Uh, but yeah, I did not make any most likely. Really, most of the most likely page is like funniest person, or it's not really most likely to. It's just like a best of category yeah. for everybody. But you know, I think it works good for us and what we're doing today, though. Um, as we look ahead to uh, to twenty twenty came up with a list of most likely twos uh, that kind of cover a wide range of topics with the Browns. And we're both going to kind of give our answer on how we think uh, or who we think should be the most likely to, uh, to be that player. So the first one, uh, and I tried to stay away from things that were kind of obvious, you know, I didn't want to do most likely to have the most rushing yards or, um, you know, or something like that, or most sacks, you know, things where it was pretty much just a one person, <laughs> one person category. But the first one we're going to do is most likely to lead the team in touchdowns. Now, we know Kevin Stefanski is kind of changing up the offense from what we saw last year. We know it's going to be uh, a run-focused offense, but we also know tight ends are going to be a big part of it. And on top of that, you have two pretty prolific receivers on the outside. Um, so what do, you, what do you, how do you see that category going? Who's going to lead this team in touchdowns this year? You know, that is a tough one. And first of all, 
shout out to you, Scott, for coming up with good podcast topics. Again, <laughs> we're without Dan all week. We need him to come back. Uh, but all week you've come up with great topics. And again, uh, you did so today and you came up with really good superlatives. So uh, this one, I think it's tough. We've been talking all week about how we've got, uh, is this guy going to have a thousand this? And that guy's going to have a thousand this. And touchdowns, you know, because of uh, the weapons on this offense are hard to predict. But I think I have to go with Nick Chubb here because the one thing that I think uh, that we are going to see and be sure of is the fact that they are going to run the ball. And I think he will be the workhorse to do that. And I, I think that he will be the one that will be punching it in the most on the goal line. Yeah, I think it comes down to what they end up doing in the red zone. You know, last year there was a lot of uh, well, there was just a lot of frustration over how the Browns, uh, their approach to the red zone. You know, it seemed like uh, Landry and Beckham were, were kind of decoys all the time. Uh, you had a lot of passes going towards tight ends. There was an outcry of just give Chubb the ball, you know. He ended up leading the Browns in touchdowns last year. He had eight overall. Um, Dalvin Cook led the Vikings, if you want to compare, you mm -hmm. know, last year's uh, offense with the Vikings to, to what the Browns might have. Um, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. I, I think just the, the amount of passes he's going to see, he, he had like 43 passes, which was almost as much as Chubb had all year. Mm -hmm. I think him in the passing game and getting touchdowns that way is going to just kind of combine with, with what he does on the ground. And it's going to be close. I think both those guys are probably going to lead the team in touchdowns, but, but I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. I think his versatility kind of wins out there. Yeah, that's a good one. And boy, when I look back to that red zone offense last year, what a mess was that? I mean, my goodness, you've got all these weapons on this football team and you can't score the football. Must have been so frustrating for fans to watch. That's true. Most likely to lead the team in targets. I didn't want to go with receptions necessarily. I wanted to go with, you know, who's going to see the most balls coming their way. And of course you got, like we, you know, Beckham and Landry had over 130 targets each. I think both were in the top 10 in the NFL last year in targets, which is wild because what did we talk about all last season, how they weren't getting the ball to Beckham, but they were trying. <laughs> um, and then you got Austin Hooper, who had 97 targets last year with the Falcons. Pretty sure he was top five in the NFL among tight ends. Um, what's, your, what's your pick there for targets? Once again, it's very difficult because it's a brand new play caller. It's a brand new offense. So we can't go off anything that we saw last year here. We have to to project what we think uh, Kevin Stefanski or Alex Van Pelt will be calling. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jarvis Landry here, just because uh, I think that Baker Mayfield has a comfort level with him. I think that, uh, you know, I think Chad O'Shea is talking about using Jarvis uh, on, on a lot of these option routes, and uh, he, he's going to be doing some really cool things with him. I think Jarvis is really excited about it. I think that uh, they're going to scheme him and Odell open more this year so that those guys will be freed up to catch more passes and get more targets. Uh, and, and I just think that, that Baker trusts him. So I'm going to go with Jarvis. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. I, I'm going to say Landry too, just because of he, he's kind, he's become the comfort guy for, for, for Beckham and maybe, or for, for, for Baker, maybe Beckham kind of, you know, works his way into that this year. Um, if you have a whole training camp, Again, we have no, you know, off-season workouts, <laughs> again, between Baker and Beckham. But having that whole year last year, maybe that closes the gap a little bit. But I think, I think Landry is just the guy that he's going to look to first. Um, Hooper, Hooper's 97 catches last year, or targets last year. That's a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's second. I wouldn't be surprised if, 
if just the tight ends in general are, are, are second and third on this team in, in targets. I know for one thing, Landry and Beckham are not going to get anywhere near 130 targets apiece this season. I'm not sure that that can really happen with this offense and the, what they want to do and the fact that, again, you're, you, you got tight ends, multiple tight ends on the field a lot that you're going to try and get the ball to. So I think, I think we're on the same page, and, and Landry kind of wins that. Mm-hmm. All right. Most likely to lead the team in tackles. This is just a big mystery because, number one, we don't even know exactly which linebackers are going to be on the field the most. Uh, and then you also got to factor in the safeties who, again, it's kind of – I mean, there's, a, I guess, three guys there that are new that you assume are going to get a lot of playing time, but we're not really sure how that's all going to shake out. Who do you think leads the team in tackles? You know, this is a great question. Like you said, we don't even know who the linebackers are going to be, how often they're going to be on the field. Uh, and this one is anybody's guess right now. Uh, I, I don't even feel like I have a great answer. I mean, one of the first people that comes to mind is B.J. Goodson because I think he'll be in position to make a lot of tackles. Uh, and, and therefore, I think that, uh, you know, he's probably as good a candidate as anyone. So I think for right now, I'll, I think I'll go with him. But, you know, once the, once the season starts, we're not even 100% certain that, that he will be in the starting lineup. So uh, this is a tough one. Yeah, interesting thing about the whole group of the linebackers and safeties. Uh, usually the, the guy who leads your team in tackles is going to have over 100 tackles mm-hmm. combined between solo and assists. Uh, Mac Wilson had 82 last year. That's the high watermark for anybody in this entire group. Uh, Sandejo, Andrew Sandejo, safety. He had 80 for the Vikings a couple years ago. Other than that, though, you're looking at around 60, 61 for guys like Carl Joseph, uh, B.J. Goodson. Sione Takitaki really didn't get much of an opportunity. If he's on the field all the time, you know, maybe maybe he's the guy. Grant Delpit, not really known for his tackling at LSU. Uh, he was known for missed tackles at LSU. So I would probably scratch him off the list. Um, I think Wilson seems like the most likely to be on the field a lot this year among that whole group, just based on the fact that he, he got 14 starts last year. I know it was a different team, um, but the coaches this season seemed to like what they saw, or at least some of the potential they saw in him. Um, I would probably say him. Goodson, though, I think is a good, a good option because they're going to want some experience on the field, you know. Um, and, and he's a good tackler. I mean, when, when yeah. he's out on the field, he grades out well at, in tackling. And, uh, you know, and they're going to need somebody that can wrap up. So, uh, once again, th- this was a tough one. And, and I like the fact that, I, that you didn't take, you know, the obvious uh, questions here. Yeah. I think, I think Sandejo and Carl Joseph, they, I mean, they, they've had good tackling seasons. But um, I, I think good, Goodson might be my pick, too, because, I don't know, I just think the experience and the fact they're going to want somebody who's, who's had more than just one year <laughs> uh, in the NFL running the show uh, at linebacker. And they're also probably just going to have two of them on the field anyway. So I think we're in agreement there. All right. Uh, pro football focus, uh, as most people know, they do uh, individual grades for every player. Um, so this question is most likely to lead the team in PFF grade. And basically we're looking at, you're going to have half the team's going to get an offensive grade. Half the team's going to get a defensive grade. Whose grade is going to be the highest overall last year. Nick Chubb graded at 88.7 on offense. Miles Garrett, 86.5. Um, the year before, it was the same thing. Chubb, Chubb led, followed closely by Garrett. Baker was at like 83.2. Mm-hmm. Um, 2017, Joe Thomas, 
and I'm pretty sure every year <laughs> previous was probably Joe Thomas. Um, it's maybe a two-person race. Maybe you can throw Baker into the mix. But who do you think is the most likely to lead the team in PFF grade this year? Well, you know, I think Jack Conklin is going to also be, uh, you know, a candidate there because I think he's very fundamentally sound. I don't know what his grade was last year, but, uh, you know, he's, he's so fundamentally sound. And I think that, uh, that he's going to do a really, really nice job in this scheme, in this offense. I, f I have a feeling he's going to grade out really, really well there. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think Joel Batonio has the potential to grade out really, really well as well. Uh, so there are some some guys that you might not think of in terms of grading out. Um, so I think I think I'm going to go with Jack Conklin. Okay, all right. That's I mean that's a good look. This the offensive line is going to be a big deal for the Browns this year, and how well this team does is really going to come down to that. So if they do well, it makes sense that Conklin's going to get a good grade. I, I'm tempted to say Chubb just because he's done so well, and according to PFF, he's the best running back in the NFL. Um, but I, I just think Miles Garrett coming back this year, uh, I'm looking for him to have a monster year. And I think that challenging for, for, for sack records and, and just his overall play, I think, I think this is the one year he edges out, edges out Chubb. Plus, again, as we've talked about a lot, all the different ways the Browns can attack you on offense, I think maybe that takes a little bit away from Chubb this year. I mean, he's still going to grade out well, but, uh, you know, Maybe he doesn't get the kind of touchdowns. Maybe he doesn't get the, the the kind of yards he did last year. So I think I think Miles Garrett is the guy this year. And you know the the good part about it for the Browns is the fact that there is debate about this. That right. there are so many guys uh, that you think could be number one in this category. I think that bodes well for the Cleveland Browns this year. Yeah, we're not talking about the kick returner or the kicker. Right. <laughs> we're talking about other people. All right, most likely to be the team's best rookie. Um, obviously you got Jedrick Wills, uh, and Grant Delpit, who I think may be at the top of the list of people who contribute right away. Harrison Bryant at tight end. Um, then you got, you know, Jordan Elliott, Jacob Phillips, who might work their way into rotations. Um, Nick Harris, uh, probably going to be a contender for that swing role, mm -hmm. uh, that backup swing role on the interior of the offensive line. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is Got a lot of people contending for uh, for very few spots at wide receiver. Who do you think is most likely to be the team's best rookie? Well, this this is a great question and another tough one. Uh, I'm going to say Grant Delpit because uh, I think it's it's a position where he has an opportunity to step in and to start and to make an impact right away. And it also seems to me like LSU guys, you know, they just come in ready to play some NFL football. They make an impact early on. Uh, and they generally, they end up playing really, really well. So, you know, I just think he's that sort of flashy kind of player. Now, Jedrick Wills could quietly put together a really, really nice season at left tackle. And that is obviously the hope. But left tackle isn't as flashy at safety. So if Grant Delpit can get his hands on some footballs, force some fumbles, make some big game-changing plays, and be sort of that enforcer at safety that I, that I think the Browns believe that he can be, uh, I would say he could be the guy. Yeah, I think Delpit's the guy who week in, week out, has a chance to make those impact plays that you're going to remember. Um, I'm going to go with Jedrick Wills. I'm, the, more, the more I think about it, the more confident I am that he's going to make that switch and, and be able to perform well at left, at left tackle. I think 
it's tough to hit the ground running at left tackle and, and deal with, you know, the best pass rushers in the NFL uh, every week. But I think just from what we've heard from the Browns, from what we know of his tape and from what we've heard from guys like Joe Thomas uh, about how he plays and his ability to make that switch. Um, I'm going to say Jedrick Wills. I think Grant Delbert's going to make the plays that you remember, but I think at the end of the year, Jedrick Wills is maybe the most likely to be on an all rookie team. And, you know, I think the thing to remember about Jedrick Wills, and I think that's a good pick, uh, is the fact that he knows that he is trying to fill the shoes of Joe Thomas. And even though he has said uh, that he just has to put that out of his mind and not think about doing anything like that, uh, you know, those are big shoes to fill. And I think he is working really, really hard to make that switch. And he knows what's expected of him and required of him. And I think he will hit the ground running. I think Jordan Elliott might be a dark horse here, just knowing that he's probably going to be He's going to be part of the rotation on the line. And if he starts to show flashes, he'll get more time. Um, I think out of the rest of the group, he might be the best, the best option. I know Harris, Harrison Bryant. I mean, if Najoku falters, maybe he gets, maybe he gets more time there. I just, I think Elliot might be the, the, the long, <laughs> the very long shot in this category. Yeah. I mean, he, he could be, you know, uh, once again, I mean, these guys, when you're picked in the third round, you're expected to come in and contribute right away and maybe in some cases even win a starting job. So, you know, we'll have to see how that all works out. But you're right. I think that he's somebody that can come in and, and make some noise as a rookie. All right. Most likely to make the Pro Bowl in 2020. We had Chubb, Landry, and Batonio last year. Uh, before that, uh, you had Miles Garrett in 2018. Uh, Batonio as well, I believe, if I remember correctly, and Landry. Was that right? Yeah, yeah, Garrett Landry and Petonio. So a few different uh, uh, guys have made it in the last couple of years. Baker, obviously, not a pro bowler yet. Um, Beckham, not a pro bowler with the Browns yet. Who's most likely to make the pro bowl this year? Great question. Tough question. And this goes along with the, the same uh, theme that they've got a lot of really big name players that have the potential, that have pro bowl potential this year. I mean, when you look at this, I mean, they could have and should have like eight guys in the Pro Bowl. I mean, they really should. So, um, but of course, we know sometimes that's difficult. I am going to go with Miles Garrett for this one because I think that he's going to come back with a vengeance. I think he's going to come back really strong. I think he's going to come back. And if he has a healthy Olivier Vernon on the other side of him or a Jadavian Clowney on the other side of him, I think that frees him up a little bit to have a monster season. I think he will do that and make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think Miles Garrett's the guy too. Um, he just, he gets through a full season. He's, he's a Pro Bowler last year, I think. And then, I mean, I would expect him to be a Pro Bowler every year, really. I mean, he's never mm -hmm. one overall pick, but but just the fact that he's he's played at such a high level and, you know, people are talking about him in, in Defensive Player of the Year uh, candidacy and, and talking about him uh, challenging for sack records and things like that. I think I think Miles Garrett's the guy. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't, it, it's a, it's, there's a lot of competition at running back. I mean, Nick Chubb is good, and he'll get his yards this year. I don't know if he'll reach 1,400 or almost 1,500 again. Um, but he he's probably second on this list uh, for me. But Miles Garrett, I think, is the, run, is the, runaway, the runaway pick. So. Yeah, I think so, too. Now, I mean, Jarvis always makes the Pro Bowl. Yeah. You know, every year he makes the Pro Bowl. Even last year when it just seemed like he wasn't having 
that, you know, that great of a season, you know, he quietly compiled a, a pretty decent season and he's healthier this year. And technically you would think we're saying that he, he might have the most targets on the team. Uh, so there is a chance that he could have a pretty darn good year. And if he does, he will make his, I think, whatever, sixth straight Pro Bowl. So yeah. he's, he's another candidate. Well, they always, they say you always make it a year after you, a year after you should have, a year when you shouldn't have. After you make it, you make it the next year just based off what you'd done previously. Maybe that was Landry. Maybe it was kind of like carry over. Well, Jarvis is still good. You know, we'll put him in there. But I think you're right. I think he has, he has more of a Jarvis-Landry season this year. So. All right, let's take a break here and tell you a little bit about Football Insider, and we'll be back to wrap it up. Hey, it's Scott again. I wanted to tell you about Football Insider. It's a way for you to get text messages every day from Mary Kay Cabot, Dan Labby, and myself with the inside scoop and analysis on the Browns. You get to hear what we're hearing, and you get breaking news before it even goes up on Cleveland.com. Part of the deal is our Football Insider newsletter, which comes out every morning. It's sent via text to all the subscribers. And it includes a piece of content that you're not going to find on Cleveland.com. It could be our take on something. It could be a video or a stat breakdown. But it's something that doesn't go on the website. It's only there for you. You can also text us directly. It's a great way to kind of cut through the social media cloud and, and avoid the trolls and get your questions directly to us. And it's the only way to get your questions on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So that alone should probably make you want to sign up. You can get a 14-day free trial. You can cancel any time. All it takes is one text to get started, but you won't want to cancel. We've already had hundreds of subscribers join us over the last year, and they all seem to love it, and they've stayed with us. It's only $3.99 a month, which is less than $0.14 cents a day, and you can take part in special events that we have. We've had Zoom calls uh, around the draft. We've also broke down Baker Mayfield recently via Zoom call with a lot of our subscribers. So how do you join? It's pretty simple. You can go to cleveland.com slash browns and click on the box along the right side of the page. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get going. Again, that's 216-208-3965 to become a football insider. All right, let's wrap up with a couple final most likely two superlatives. Uh, first one here, most likely to get a single season team record. Now, there's a lot of uh, a lot of options here and a lot of things that maybe, I don't know, might be out of reach, like Jim Brown's 21 touchdowns. Um, I don't know, that that's way out there. Uh, Dick Chubb had the fourth most rushing yards in a single season last year, but he was still like 400 yards away from Jim Brown's record. You know, Brian Sight passed for over 4,000 yards in 1980, along with 30 touchdowns. That's why he was MVP. Um, Ozzie Newsom had 89 catches twice. Ten picks is the record. Uh, on defense and of course the 14 and a half sacks which I think is dangling precariously out there waiting to be uh, grabbed perhaps this season what do you think is the most likely uh, single season team record to be broken this year you know I'm going to go with that sack record once again uh, Miles Garrett is running away with some of these records here or the superlatives that we're talking about uh, but look he had 10 and 10 games last year the goal for these guys is always to get at least one a game I think he can exceed that, sh that this year. I think there will be games when he has three sacks. I think there will be multiple games where he has more than one sack. I think he's going to have four or five games with more than one. And um, so I do think that, that he's going to shatter that record this year. I think he wants to, once again, come back really strong and, and prove that, that he is the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, the thing about that 14 and a half sacks uh... – Bill Glass, 1965, there's an asterisk next to that because sacks weren't 
an official team record or official NFL record until 82. Um, if you take, if you just go with guys since 82, Reggie Camp's 14 sacks would be the mm -hmm. team record. Yeah. And of course, Miles Garrett is just a half a sack behind that. Um, I think that is an easy one. I think I would be shocked if Miles Garrett doesn't end the season as a single season sack leader for the Browns. Yep. I think the, the single season catches 89, which Kellen Winslow also uh, equaled. I think that's something that maybe Jarvis Landry can reach. He had 80 two years ago, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, that seems like something that, that is within reach for him. And like we said earlier, he's kind of become that go-to guy for, for Baker. Um, a lot of, a lot of people to spread the ball around to this year, but if anybody is going to challenge a catch record, I think, I think it's probably Jarvis Landry. Um, so I, I, I do agree. Miles Garrett getting the sack record is probably going to happen, but uh, second, I think I would go with that catches. Yeah. And look, I mean, he led the NFL in receptions when he was with the dolphins mm -hmm. and I can't remember if it was 112 or 114, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, so he actually led the NFL with that sum. And if they, keep getting the ball to him he could easily break that record yeah how many of those how many of Ozzy's catches were those uh first quarter dump it to Ozzy to keep his streak going uh you know that, that kind of became a thing as he was slowing down later in his career but they still count they still count they do all right last one and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with, with we, we don't want to we're not saying these people are gonna cause trouble but we're asking most likely to cause drama for the Browns because if you're a Browns fan, you know you very rarely get through a season without some sort of drama. And last season, we had a lot. Um, now there are some obvious candidates. Um, you know, Odell, you know, you had the visor, the shoes, the watch. You had the, the claims about Greg Williams last year, uh, the fight with Marlon Humphrey. Um, there was just a lot of things that happened. But then you also have Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett caused to share a drama last season. Um, I, there are some dark horses here too, but I'm, I'm curious who, who do you think is most likely to cause a little bit of drama for the Browns this year? Well, I don't know if cause is the right word, but in terms of how many sort of dramatic headlines. Uh, or, be, or be embroiled in drama. Embroiled like that way. In drama. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think that, that Odell is always going to be, in my mind, probably the guy to look to for that just because drama finds Odell. It doesn't matter uh, if he's trying to, you know, move in silence, drama finds him. Mm -hmm. So if he, you know, if he's whatever, you know, wearing a watch, wearing a visor, doing, doing any of those things or has the wrong kind of shoes on, it becomes humongous headlines. So that's just, it just goes with the territory. And I know he feels, you know, persecuted and singled out for those kind of things. So I don't want to say that he causes the drama, uh, but he is always ends up in headlines for dramatic sort of reasons. So I, I think that we still will have some of that because if he sneezes, it's going to make much noise. <laughs> That's true. And really, I mean, how this happens is, you know, say he, you know, he wears a visor that causes him to come off the field or he wears the shoes that he has to change at halftime. So we, we mentioned that and then it gets picked up by a national website. And then the next day, everybody on ESPN is debating it and on the radio. And it just, you know, everybody kind of has their, their time with it. You know, even if it, if it starts out as something that's more informative that, you know, okay, we're documenting that this happened. And then it just turns into this thing that becomes a debate for the next week. So that's kind of how things grow in, in the world of journalism. Um, 
I'm going to go with somebody different. I think, yes, it's easy to say Odell. I'm going to go with Grant Delpit. Uh, if you have your first interview with local media and you proclaim that you're going to be part of the best secondary in the NFL, the best in all caps, by the way, and he implores you to put it in the headline, uh, I think he seems like the kind of guy who's going to be talking a lot in the secondary. And uh, maybe, again, maybe he becomes somebody where drama just kind of finds him. Um, you know, you have to be a little vocal, a little uh, sure of yourself just to be a work in the defensive backfield in general. Um, I think Denzel Ward maybe might be a, an outlier in that. He's a very quiet guy. But um, Grant Delpit seems like somebody who's very confident and he's going to let every receiver in the NFL know it. So I think he, he's kind of my dark horse here. I think I'm going to go with Grant Delpit. Yeah, that's very interesting that you're right. He, he did kind of mix it up that in that first interview that we had with him. And I think we were all kind of like rubbing our hands together thinking, oh, good, we've got a good quote coming this year because <laughs> we lost some good quotes. You know, we lost uh, Demarius Randall and, and some of those guys that, uh, you know, that really kind of talk and, and, and help generate stories and headlines and things like that. And we'll you know, say something other than just the, you know, the canned quote. So I do think that, uh, that Grant is going to make some noise on and off the field. And you're right. A couple of LSU guys here we got going. Yeah, really. Uh, practices should be interesting. LSU yeah. versus LSU quite a bit, I'm guessing. All right. Yeah. Last one really quick. Uh, most likely to lead the AFC North in passer rating this year. Now passer rating isn't like the end all be all of, of measuring a quarterback, but We'll, we'll use it here. Um, Lamar Jackson last year, 113.3. Pretty good season. Probably why I got the MVP. Um, Baker was 93.7 as a rookie. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has not been below 90 since 2008. And, of course, you got Joe Burrow, who's coming off like an all-timer college season. His passer rating was actually 202 last year at LSU. Who do you think takes the crown this year? You know, I just keep looking at this AFC – North quarterback landscape and I think it's just fascinating I mean there's just going to be so much to watch and uh, you know so many unknowns I think it's going to be great great theater and this is a this is a really tough one to call because you know can Lamar Jackson sustain what he did last year will people catch up to him uh, can Baker rebound and have a Kirk Cousins like rating can Joe Burrow come in as a rookie and just tear it up like he did in college? And can Ben Roethlisberger come <laughs> back from elbow surgery and be uh, the monster that he has been, especially the Browns killer that he has been? So, so many fascinating storylines. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson, reigning MVP. I just think that those guys uh, have a way of, of just bringing out the best in him. And it's, you know, it's, you know, he's, there's continuity for him in this scheme. And so I'm going to go with Lamar. I'm going to go with Baker. Uh, I, Lamar Jackson is going to be good. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year. I think he's going to come back to earth a little bit. I don't see Joe Burrow coming in and leading the, the division in passer rating as a rookie. Um, and I mean, look, Roethlisberger is not young anymore and, you know, elbow surgery. I think, I think the opening there is there for Baker. I don't think he's going to blow everybody away, but I think if he ends up with, you know, 96, 97, somewhere in there, in an offense that seems to be built around making sure he's more efficient. Um, I can, I can see him leading the, the division in passer rating. You know, this whole podcast is like old takes exposed potential. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there people are going to hold us to all this. And uh, that's true. At the end of the year, we'll go back and replay this one and see how we did. Yeah. It's, it's June. It's the middle of June. No one's going to care. <laughs> we got plenty of time to make more predictions and just pretend like this never happened. So. 
Good. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's Orange Brown Talk podcast. I think we got through a lot of uh, superlatives there. And again, don't hold those to hold us to those. Um, we'll be making more though, I'm sure. So for Mary Kay, I'm Scott, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>